everybody, and welcome to No Page Unturn, a podcast all about books, reading books, and being crushed by the crushing weight of reading books. Uh, we are very, very excited to have a very special episode today. Uh, the special guest uh, who we've been uh, just dreaming about for the better part of a year now, uh, Jen Lyons is here to talk to us about her series of Chorus of Dragons, which we've been covering on the show, and uh, the book The Discord of Gods, which is coming out in about a, probably a week after we post this first part. I am Steph. I'm here with Christina and Josh. And Jen, please introduce yourself. Hi, uh, I'm Jen Lyons. And uh, as I've already been introduced. I am indeed the author of uh, the series, A Chorus of Dragons. Um, and it is uh, it is such a pleasure to be here because, um, you know, I, I just, uh, it just still isn't quite real. Um, <laughs> um, it, it feels like, it feels like Rune of Kings just came out. It did. It did. <laughs> it did just come out. <laughs> It did just come out. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, but it yeah. feels like a lifetime ago. There there are certain authors we won't name who have published one book in the time that you have published an entire series. Yeah. Um I, you know, yeah, we don't need to name names. Um we all know who they are. Uh but yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 great to be here. And um I actually don't often get to talk about like nitty gritty stuff on the books so i i am serious when i say this will be a pleasure because i don't usually get to do this we we are so excited to have you here um so just a for the listeners just a quick thing uh the first part of this uh episode is going to be spoiler free quote unquote uh we will probably be referencing things up into book four first part of the series there's gonna be some spoilers here but we're gonna be mostly talking about think about this just the the writing and the series as a whole and then we will have another episode uh once the book comes out in a couple weeks where we're going to go full spoilers so if you haven't read the discord of gods which you shouldn't because when i post this it won't be out yet uh, don't worry uh you'll be fine uh but the next episode will be all the spoilers um yeah let's um let's get into it um so where did the idea of the book within a book come from and having your your different narrators and the footnotes um so the first rune of kings uh i initially wrote just as a normal fantasy book it was it was um started when kieran was you know 15 and ended when he was 20 and it was just a b c d e f g um and I hated it, <laughs> but I couldn't figure out why I hated it. Um, I, I just, it, it wasn't working for me and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't figure out what the deal was. Um, and then it occurred to me that, that I was starting the book the wrong way and that I needed to be starting it with this conversation that was going to be happening between, you know, this, this prisoner and, and his jailer not a normal prisoner and not a normal jailer. Then it came to me that, that it should be a particular character in Ruin of Kings um, who would be the one actually telling the story. And, and that was the point where I realized that the book was going to be diegetic, that, that the book would actually exist within the universe that the book is set in. And as soon as I realized that, that um, I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler for Ruin of Kings, um, but it's, you know, it's been out for a couple of years that if Thurvishar was going to be the person who was putting, pulling the book together, 
that Thurbyshire is a huge nerd. And, <laughs> and there was no way that um, that he would not annotate. It just there, there's no way he wouldn't annotate, even even <laughs> if it meant even if it meant there were points in it where he was mansplaining <laughs> literally to a person who was there. Sometimes mansplaining <laughs> things to the person who said the lines. <laughs> that does sound like it, to be fair. It just it yeah. wouldn't have even occurred to him that that <laughs> might not be appropriate. Um, so, and, and yeah, so it fell, it just all fell into place at that point. It was like, oh, oh yeah, cool. yeah, this has got to be the way this goes. Um, and uh, once that happened, the sort of, war of chronicles started where the second book is a different chronicler who has a beef with the first chronicler <laughs> it's so great it's one of my favorite things about books um, and 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 then they go back and forth um so uh and snipe at each other it's great um so yeah so i mean that was that was really just kind of um it, it wasn't a thing where it was obvious from the very beginning it wasn't a thing where i planned it from the very beginning um i didn't um it was just as it evolved it it sort of became a well why not do it this way you know this this is fun you know i i mean at the end of the day especially for a book that you know you've written that it's how I got my agent and it's first it was my debut and you know these are books that may not like the expectation is that they won't see the light of day they won't get published no one will read this so why not make it what you would want you know so yeah I wrote it to please me and I kind of I kind of think that those are always the books that do well is the ones where you talk to the author and the author is just like, ah, I wrote it for me. <sighs> I, I didn't think it was going to do great, but I, I just wanted to do the thing that I wanted to do. I'm like, yeah, that always shows. That's awesome. I'm curious uh, how the footnotes are written. Is it, are you more of a, an outliner or like seat of your pants writer? Or is it like, um, is it all done the footnotes in the editing process? So the footnotes are done last. The footnotes are done last before they go to the editor, hopefully. There are definitely some footnotes that got added along the way later on uh, as necessary. But as far as outliner versus um, pantser, uh, I'm a milestoner, which is I start out with a basic idea of structure, plot, and what kind of needs to happen at various different points. And that gives me a milestone to aim toward. Um, and then the writing process itself, I allow some mobility to, you know, uh, if a good idea comes to me, I can incorporate it. If a, so, so it's kind of a, it's kind of both, right? It's, there's elements to it. That's definitely an outline. I, I start each book with an outline of what I want the book to be. Um, and then I have these, these milestones of, um, where certain events want to happen. And, and then there's been times where, you know, um, something either isn't working or, uh, just had this brilliant idea, or at least I thought it was a brilliant idea and, you know, and maybe the milestone gets adjusted. So 
we are inclined to agree with you that you have brilliant ideas. So. Yeah, yeah. No notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I might jump ahead in our question list, actually, and ask, since I know that you had a milestone that you did maybe skip, um, and I kind of still hope that you hit it some other way and some other time, but um, I know in book four you said you wanted to go visit the Dreth. Mm. Can you say anything about how that changed? Um, yeah, the story didn't need it. You know, it, it's, it's, but I need it. Jen. I, I, I know, I know. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I definitely was planning on having the draft be like a major part of book five and no, because, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, at that particular point, um, there just wasn't space for them. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would definitely like to, at some point talk about what's going on with them because, you know, it's it's they've got problems i just imagine like all the dress like in their underground dwelling cities wherever they are just like looking up like at a noisy neighbor on the roof and be like can you keep it down up there? <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> i swear i would call the super obviously maybe not what you're planning but if we can influence the book at all we would like to know that the dress super is like he's there or she, or that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, no, there is a Dreth super, absolutely. That's part of why the Dreth are kind of having problems, actually. The, the Dreth oh, super is, um, is <laughs> let's just say, overprotective. <laughs> doesn't doesn't want the kids <laughs> doesn't want the kids getting into any trouble. This is good. This these comments are going to sustain us for like the next few years, <laughs> and also torture us. So well, you yeah. know. So you wrote five epic-sized, incredibly detailed, and over-connected books in the span of a couple years. How big is your red string murder board, and do you ever sleep? So right now, my murder board is clear. And I do sleep, yes. I, 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 if I don't sleep, um, I don't write well. Um, oh. It's important to sleep. I, yeah, it was a challenge. It was definitely a challenge to, um, it was roughly a, a 10 months between each book crazy there there's definitely been some times where we pushed it as far as we could possibly push it um in order to get some things in so it's uh it's it's been an interesting process i've learned a lot about myself yeah i bet yeah because you know so you have 10 months between books i'm assuming you're sort of writing the next book while you're finishing up the first book maybe but like yeah i mean between start to finish you've got to you know what get x amount of drafts and editing yeah. and audiobooks recorded and all that stuff right, right? like that's, yeah. that's like do- doesn't feel like it must leave you a lot of time for actual writing um yeah i i have discovered that this idea of protecting your writing time is actually a thing um because if you if you don't um everything will eat into it um you know the the family and friends who well-intentioned as they may be, think that you have plenty of time so you can, you know, do all sorts of stuff. Um, the, uh, just, just the social media, um, other things you get asked to write, it, it just, all of this stuff that um, could very easily, like, leave you with less and less and less time to write. So it, it has to be protected. What does your writing time look like? 
Like what is, what is your ritual or process? Well, it, it changes sometimes. And sometimes it's important for me to like go back and go, what was I doing earlier? Because that was working and what I'm doing right now isn't. And I need to, <laughs> I need to fix that. Um, but, you know, typically I, um, I'm a sprint writer, which, which means that I usually, um, you know, will pull up, you know, a timer, give myself a 30 minute chunk, um, write as fast as I can without stopping for 30 minutes, take a break, keep doing that. The, the difficult time part about that isn't the sprint part of it. It's not the, the physical writing part of it. It's the figuring out what's going to happen in those 30 minute chunks because it's, it's not always obvious. And I, I tend to, when I'm blocked, um, I'm always blocked because I don't like something, but my brain doesn't tell me that it's not, it's not nice enough to just say, Hey, this isn't working. It just suddenly I, I don't want to write suddenly I'm, I want to do everything else, but right. Uh, and then I have to go back and go, Oh, it's cause I hate this. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I am a, um, I'm an evening writer for the most part. Um, yeah, during the pandemic, it was, I went full night owl and was like getting to bed around 6am. Ooh. But I'm I'm back on a more normal schedule <laughs> these days. Uh, it turns out it's actually just better for me personally. Um, and uh, so, yeah, usually um, it's depending on how the sprint's going. It's going to be anywhere from most days three thousand to five thousand words um oh my god and then on really good days it gets up further than that if i'm really on a roll i start getting you know ten thousand days wow oh my god that's a lot um those days are fun (laughs) that's how i like to write with the the sprint writing i have a hourglass on my desk and i'll just turn it over and not think about anything else and just until I see all the sand go down all the way. I'm I'm still very upset that the 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 programmer responsible for write or die has apparently gone off off the grid. Oh yeah, I also have. Um, I was gonna mention write or die because I, I use that. It's so good. Yeah, I, I still use it, but like they there was a there was a version three that was in development, and of course it's completely broken. It's not, you know, um, it's not really a working program at this point, but. I think he's just dropped it. Yeah, no, Write or Die is amazing. Um, I I love that program because, you know, it just, it's that little extra push, you know, that and I have my my writing soundtrack, um, which. uh, Mm -hmm. I also have, yeah, a writing playlist that I had to put on. It's a lot of Blue Man Group. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Blue Man Group is very high tempo, so. It I was going to say, yeah, like high energy, high tempo. Blue yeah, Man yeah. Group and um, Mad Max Fury Road has been amazing to write to. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's. Does any character have like a, a theme song? Oh, oh yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I have like whole soundtracks. Playlists. Yeah, playlists, mm-hmm. things. But those aren't, those aren't to, necessarily to write to. They're usually to um, 
create to, to edit to, to, you know. Right. Like a, like a mood yeah, board kind yeah, of exactly. thing. And, and yeah, no, um, I think, uh, let's see, uh, Kieran started out, it was, um, jump, hold on one second. I'm going to do this <laughs> thing where I, I go look it up real quick just to make sure I'm not, you know, completely getting it wrong. The chances that I specifically will know the band are very low. I don't know about my co-hosts, but okay. But we are happy to be inspired by new music. Okay, so Shaman's Harvest, that's the name of the band, uh, In Chains. Oh, okay. right there. And then, uh, which you'll, the lyrics, and you'll be like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, to Race was uh, Coldplay's uh, La Vida Loca. Um, Interesting. <laughs> um, yes. Um, uh, I think Janelle's for the longest time. Janelle's was um, uh, the girl with the lion's tail by um, uh, S. J. Tucker. Girl with the lion's tail. That sounds familiar. The name is certainly fitting. Yeah, yeah. Thurvishar <laughs> uh, has one, but I'm absolutely forgetting it right now. But anyway, usually like they're they're like big long four hour playlists because you know. Oh, wow. I don't want it to loop too much because I'm going to be hearing it for months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the playlists are as long as the books. That, yeah, that's fitting. Yeah, yeah, it's about that. It's about right. But yeah, no. So so all of these like little tricks to to try to get me. The, the playlists are actually more important than I like to necessarily admit because what you mentioned earlier, the idea that you're going to have to work on the next book while you're editing the last book is very true. And so having these sort of little cheats to get my mind in the right place for the book I'm actually having to work on. Um, like most writers, it's hard to switch. You know, if you're, if you're writing something, it's hard to stop writing that and switch to something else. Um, but you have to, you have deadlines. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you given these deadlines? This is an incredibly fast release schedule, even for a debut fantasy author. I was asked if I was okay with it. Okay, that's good. And I and I agreed to it. So uh, I have, and we are so. I thankful. have no one to blame but myself. <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely. I was absolutely asked, and if I had said that I wanted more time, I'm sure they would have given me more time. Well, thank you for putting all that hard work in because honestly it's been truly a delight reading these books you know what is we so you guys read the first two a little bit before me recommend them to them to me and then I started reading and then I think we were all finished the first three by the time book four came out Mm -hmm. we read book four together and now book five together and it's been honestly something that's been so like great and special and fun and nice in these two last hell years to have these fantastic books to dive into and dissect and yell about. And, you know, I would be like texting screenshots of my e-reader to Christina and Josh. I'm like, ah, they're making out. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. Thank you for uh, put, putting that crazy amount of work in. Uh, it's not lost on us. Uh, a friend of mine uh, described the books to be at one point as um, batshit insane in the best way. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you can put that on the cover. I was like, 
yeah okay I'll take it yeah sure (laughs) I I would definitely say like epic like so many books oh this is this is an epic it's become like Mm. a genre within a genre but this just was really nice to remind you like no this is epic this is multiple universes and characters who just do the most insane stuff. I mean, we love them, but they are insane. <laughs> I, I figured go big or go home, you know, like yeah, yeah, if I was yeah. going to write these books, I was going to write these books to, to, you know, have, fit a certain space. And, and yeah, I, I did definitely want to follow, um, you know, I mean, just following the, the footsteps of a lot of my favorite writers and a lot of them did these very big, you know, world spanning world breaking kinds of books so the thing i really appreciate about these books is that you know sometimes with fantasy the history of the world will be brought up but then it never comes up again in the books like in book one within like the first couple chapters sulis is brought up and then she's in the next book and then like in the third book the Theron and uh, Tarendel meet the the secretary for all the the noble <laughs> yeah. houses, and then he's in the last book, and it's just like there's no wasted words or wasted characters. Everything like if you see a name, they're gonna come up again, right? And it's like it, it's just really fun to be like, um, oh, that's what, like especially rereading it, yeah. A character You're just like of, that was there the that, whole yeah, time. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's, it's always a. I, I've some, I've had some interesting conversations with my editor because she'll forget, <laughs> and she'll be like, <laughs> "You're introducing this character for the first time, and you know it's it's book four. I'm like, no, Kalindra was in book one. Nope. <laughs> it's not, I'm not introducing her for the first time. <laughs> I remember I I had said something before I read. And it was it was in book three and josh was reading book four a little bit ahead of us and i had said something about how it was like yeah pretty much a lot of characters come back so like i'm just waiting for kalindra to come back and josh was just like <laughs> yeah you know, like i emoji mm-hmm. like... we we have an ongoing joke about how butterbelly was always going to come back <laughs> so we i Butterbelly lives is our our podcast <laughs> Butter, motto. Butterbelly lives. Oh my god! No, Butterbelly does not come back. I'm, I'm sad to say. No. Um, well, this is why the death of the author is such an important movement. Because... <laughs> we'll, we'll write our own Butterbelly fan fiction. Sure, yeah, yeah. with blackjack and hookers. Uh, that's right. Yeah, have him with his uh, paintings and it's right. good. He was living his best life. We text each other paintings. And I was like, did Butterbelly paint this? So I'm sorry if you didn't intend Butterbelly to be the center of a small <laughs> like, group of people's yeah. like I, I didn't, but focus. I'll take it. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I always imagined a sort of Boris Vallejo kind of, you know, <laughs> this, yes. this, yes. this sort of, you know, overdone. Uh, it, uh, Boris Vallejo was amazing. Right? But, um, but you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, everybody's naked and... <laughs> We're going to take that and run with that too. (laughs) So you talked about like the spaces that you are stepping into um, that other authors have passed through. Um, Who are some of your favorite authors? Well, um, I mean, I think uh, Ursula K. Le Guin has to like crowd out kind of top of the list there. Funny that you should speak of death of the author. That had definitely come up a couple of times. Um, You know, there was a time I would have said David Eddings. 
uh, I can't say that anymore. I'm very upset about that. Very, very upset about that. But yeah, kind of a deal breaker. Barbara Hambly, more science fiction, although some fantasy stuff, Octavia Butler. There, I mean, it's it's hard. There's so many. This is the meanest question yeah. authors ever yeah. get asked. Um, and and my relationship with Robert Jordan is an interesting one. hard wheel of time lifer here i feel you you. (laughs) you can't read these books without understanding that i was having a conversation it was not always a conversation that was um fan-based so you know i will always be grateful because there's a certain kind there's a certain kind of fantasy book and there's a certain kind of size of a certain kind of fantasy book that didn't really become popular until him. So I feel like I owe him a great deal. I owe him a debt. Um, But I will also admit I stopped reading that series around book seven when it occurred to me that he wasn't going to finish the series before he died. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I, I, that was the first point where I said, what else has he written? And I looked and I found you know, that he was, he was one of the Conan book writers. And I just sort of said, oh, he doesn't know how to finish. <laughs> he's, he's never had to finish anything. Um, yeah. So he, he's, yeah, that explains why everything just keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. So thank you. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> Yes. Thank you. Brent. Yes. Was that expansion something that you consciously worked with in your books? Because your books are big and the world is big and there's a lot there. And I imagine it would be easy to get lost in the weeds. So was that a conscious process to keep it, keep it going forward rather than Absolutely. out? Absolutely. Yeah. And like, it, you know, that's, that's part of um, what I was talking about with the draft, right? Like I, I could have, but at that point, everything's coming back in. And it's not the right time to introduce a whole new set of problems and a whole new, you know, race with those problems. But that brings up a good point. Like, how does it feel like you might have other drafts and work and projects in the work, but how does it feel to just be finished with a series? Like, is it like a great weight off your shoulders or is it more like I miss them now or I, I, is it a combination? I, combination. Of yeah. I miss them almost as soon as I finished, you know, like I finished and, and like the last pass to the editor happened. I was just like, Oh, and I want to write something with them again. <laughs> like great. I just immediately wanted to. Um, but, uh, but also that sense of accomplishment and relief and um, the knowledge that, uh, you know, all of those people at the very beginning of the first book were like I don't read series unless they're finished because I've been burned too many times <laughs> and and there was a part of me that's just like well ha <laughs> yes absolutely I told you you could have faith in me and I was right <laughs> um, so yeah uh, it uh, it's definitely a good feeling also scary feeling because um, this is where you really start to go. Oh my God, did I stick the landing? Did, did I, did I actually finish it right? And you start to second guess things. So um, I, I try to, you know, press that down and avoid that, but 
crops up occasionally. I don't think it's a spoiler for me to say, yeah, you got it. Yeah, I, think, I think we all agree. <laughs> yes, you the, did. The we did. <laughs> well, thank you. Obviously, it's it's your decision above all, but we can we can definitely, as like people who yeah. read just so many books, so many books, yeah. um, books, it's just such a relief to have a series that has been so engaging throughout. Just mm-hmm. new information, just whizzing by your face. I mean, we've read these books, all of us. Uh, th- this is our second go round, at least. Joss has read one mm-hmm. of them four times. I mean, it's just. There's always more to discover, but it's always just such yeah. a relief to step into a book and be like, oh, I can relinquish control. Jen Lyons has got this. Yep. One thing I never thought about until now is that when each book came out, it wasn't that long after the release that the next release, like, it wasn't just like, oh, here's a brief time where we don't know when the next book is coming. It was always like, oh, you just finished The House of Always? Well, guess what? Here's the here's the preview cover for Discord of Gods that comes out next year. Like there was never like a oh, I wonder yeah. when the next book is coming out. It was always like, Oh, here it comes. Yeah. Here you go. No, we, we had a schedule. We had a schedule well in advance and it got moved around a tiny bit because of um COVID, but mm-hmm. not much. Not much at all, really. Um and yeah, yeah, no, we we knew at each stage um we didn't always know what the cover was going to be until the book before was in process but but it was always by the book before we knew what the next cover was going to be i love the covers you gotta give lars grant west and that's the artist who did all the covers and he is amazing and i love him you have to give him room to do that (laughs) time to do that he's a fabulous 2d artist um he does um amazing amazing uh uh animals and monsters and just you know stuff so and and there is significant irony at least i think there's significant irony in me having book covers that are 3d um (laughs) because uh I was a graphic artist and illustrator for years and years and years, and I hate 3D art on on book covers because it's usually bad. It's usually bad 3D art on book covers. Um, And so I I just, I laughed. I was like, oh yeah, of course. Of course I'm going to get 3D art on my book cover, but, (laughs) but they look so good. They look so good. They do. He, he's just done such an amazing job. Um, I, I did laugh uh, with the name of all things, though, because I found out only after the fact that he had evidently based the horse on the cover of a sketch that I had done for one of the chapter <laughs> interstitials for the book before. And I hadn't known that. I hadn't realized he was using my art as the as the um, initial sketch. Uh, so cool. so, yeah, I was like, oh. Oh, okay, cool. Um, good. Glad that glad that was helpful. That was that was wild. Uh, but but yeah. So he needs he needs time to do all of that, um, and then we go back and forth and you know make adjustments. It's it's almost always you know, well not almost always. It's it's always been well in advance, just because you got to have time for that. So you know, I, I'm right. I'm writing, say book four. And I'll have, uh, I would have had my editor saying, so what are we going to put on the cover of book five? 
Okay. Oh boy. No pressure. Yeah. No, no. Actually, um, it it's always hilarious when uh, uh, Davey and I would sync up on this. You know, like the the very first book. I remember her calling me and saying, "I'm thinking I want a dragon on the cover. Is that okay with you?" And uh, and I said, "Am." are you expecting me to say no to that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's okay with me. Um, and um, uh, I don't remember which of us told the other one that I think I said to her that I wanted a skull on the cover of book five. And, and she was like, hell yeah. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, yeah, and uh, that was funny because we actually had to talk the art director around on that one. He was he was kind of like not keen on that. He he Fine. wanted to stick with the, the purely animal theme, and both of us were like, no, 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 no. It has to be the skull. It has to be the skull. And then Lars came up with that skull. <laughs> which, yeah, and that's my favorite cover, like the sun skull. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, it's amazing. I think maybe one more question for this section and then maybe we can switch into some yeah, spoilers that if that's good. okay. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We've talked extensively about the God Kings and how they're the the God Kings of something. And so like I think I said I was going to be the God if I could be a God King, it'd be the God King of coffee and just like, you know, <laughs> each 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 cup a person drinks, you know, increases my power. So. That's a strong choice. That's a strong choice because you the act of destruction of the coffee beans. Oh, that is a strong choice, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You would be releasing tenye with every grind. That is so smart. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have like a what would your god king be? Uh, like, you'd be the god king of. Or God Queen of Oh God, what, yeah. What? <laughs> I have no idea. I put no thought into that whatsoever. I mean, you know, my my impulse is probably to say something involved with creativity. Um, it it probably couldn't just be just art or just writing or just sewing or just. I, I do a lot of things, so something with inspiration. I think if I if I had to pick something. I, I feel like maybe I, we all already know the answer to this one. <laughs> if you could own one of the cornerstones, which one would it be? Yeah, you already know the answer to that one. <laughs> name of all things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's in a lot of ways, it's kind of like the least. I mean, there's a danger. Like all the cornerstones have some kind of drawback to them, um, some sort of issue that can come up in some way um but the name of all things it's it's you just have to you know make sure you're not asking open-ended questions as long as you do that you're gonna be (laughs) fine and you won't accidentally starve yourself to death um right right, writing out yeah yeah where did i leave my keys (laughs) (laughs) what appointments did did i forget last week uh do i really have do i really have to check these emails what what color (laughs) yeah i won't do opinions you can't Mm. ask it if you look good in that dress um i won't won't do opinions um but you can ask it what you had for breakfast when you were eight Mm -hmm. and you know it's it's 
It's got you on that one. It's not that I would want the Stone of Shackles because I would not want the Stone of Shackles, but um, but the Stone of Shackles at least is benign until right up until it isn't. <laughs> so, and if you're not getting mm-hmm. murdered on the reg, eh, right. you don't really yeah. need it. Yeah, yeah you might accidentally release all the demons. So, yeah. and you also have to actively yeah. use it in order to gauge someone, so right. you could choose just to not right do that. right. You know, yeah. you you could you could just wear it as a piece of jewelry for yeah. most of your life and be never realize. So, so we're gonna be concerned if we see you with an unusual necklace. <laughs> I I have a couple, um, and and I you know that that's like been a continuing quest is to get like one of these days I'm actually gonna get um, I'm gonna get versions of all the different cornerstones as yes. that sounds awesome. Yes, yeah. please post it if you feel comfortable doing so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I think I think I think uh, Warmonger might be the one that I think would be the prettiest. I can just imagine doing a lot with that. But that's the one I would want Ooh. the least. Warmonger, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good until you don't, and good. It's good until it's not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. warmonger would actually be the easiest to find because that's really just going to be like a chuck of hematite, mm-hmm. you know. So, so yeah. that's that's pretty easy. Um, you know, some of the others much more difficult. So, world hearth. <laughs> I was actually forgetting the name of one mm-hmm. of them. World hearth. Uh, that would like. I, you'd probably have to have something custom made like with resin or something because yeah. uh that mm-hmm. that stone doesn't exist oh world hearth is a good one that is a good one yeah yeah spy on everybody yeah. but then forget to eat that that always was- hey you know <laughs> there's a lot of forgetting to eat it feels like very well, well, <laughs> very like how long did it take you to write the these difference books? the difference between yeah. the difference between the name of all things and world hearth though is the name of all things won't let you stop yeah mm-hmm. um world hearth he just got too into it <laughs> that's yeah. a cone thing yeah that's yeah. that's a cone yeah. thing and that's a that's yeah. a cone and his eating disorders thing so that was yeah. not oh, poor cone yeah so you're, you're a vegetarian living in your and also you've got this neat tool that lets you forget that you live in your literally <laughs> escape out of your body. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's part and parcel of his developing some really bad um, habits. Yeah. He goes on a journey. I love Cone. I love Cone too. He's a great artist. I, I love him. Yes. I love him to bits. And there's good, good smooches in it for him. Yes. I think, I think this might be the point where we, Pause for like five seconds, and then yeah. we can talk okay. about Cohen's amazing yes. His yes. journey. So yes, so <laughs> listeners, uh, if you once you have read the Discord of Gods, which you absolutely should, tune into our next episode, which will be out a little bit after this one for all the juicy spoilers coming out April twenty sixth in the U.S. If you're listening to this, thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.